0: find myself sometimes overwhelmed with that realization that all that God has done for me, how undeserving we are, how that he has blessed us so much. And, and really, that's, that's what we've been talking about all this month, the blessing, and, and the greatest blessing of all is, of course, salvation. The fact that we know Jesus Christ, the fact that we've accepted this, this gift we do not deserve, We've talked about how we have been blessed not just to consume the blessing, but we've actually been blessed for the purpose of letting God use us to bless others. It's it's kind of we're like sponges. We get to soak it up, but with a sponge, you occasionally have to wring it out. You have to squeeze it out. If you don't, what happens to a sponge? By the way, if you, if you don't squeeze it out and you just set that wet sponge out on the counter for a couple of days, what happens to it? Molds starts to smell. And and the same thing's true with us, frankly. If if we do not take his blessings, share them with others, squeeze them out into the lives of others, we start to stink. We, we become sour. Because frankly, we're not fulfilling our purpose, the very purpose of the blessing is to be a blessing to others. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about three very specific ways of how to be a blessing. So I hope you join in today. Make some, take some notes and, and give some prayerful thought to what this is really all about. And, and I want to give you three tangible ways today of how to bless the world. So number one, uh, go ahead and write this down. You bless the world by being salty. Salty. Uh, That's what God's called us to do. Uh, There's a reality of the ancient world. You may be familiar with this. You may not. uh, Where the world was literally, uh, in many ways, civilized because of salt. Uh, Usually when the Bible refers to salt... It is in an incredibly positive context because it was so critical to survival in the ancient world. And uh, So in the Bible, it's held in a very positive light. And, and if you're interested in this, there's a, a great work by Mark, Kurlansky, and he writes about the history of the world by following the ancient trade routes, and they were all salt. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, Rome, you know, they built their roads so their armies could move about. That was actually the secondary uh, reason for the roads. They, originally, the roads were made oftentimes for trade routes, and salt being that primary commerce of trade. It was a trade, it was so valuable, that literally nations and kingdoms rose and fell on it. Uh, the word salarium, the Latin word from which we get our word salary, was based on the word salt. And, and a soldier, uh, somebody was oftentimes even paid, or a portion of their salary was paid in salt because it was a commodity that you could openly train with. You say, Ed, why the lesson on salt? Because you're not going to understand this verse that we're going to look at in a moment, unless you understand the importance uh, of salt and why it is so incredibly important. Uh, the, uh, this part of the world we live in right now, whether you realize it or not, right underneath us, where we are sitting right now, there are salt mines. Uh, I did go and look at some of the Cargill maps about some of the shafts. They're abandoned. They're no longer using them. Uh, but literally, it wasn't that long ago they were mining salt right underneath it. Just, just to the north of us, most of the salt mines now go out into Lake Erie underneath, a third of the mile down. Uh, there, there literally is four tons, excuse me, yeah, four, 400 tons of salt being extracted from underneath. It's a four-mile-wide swath that goes out from Cleveland three miles out under the lake, a third of the mile down. And when you're driving down the road next time, just kind of think it through. The rock salt that came out of that shaft is now on the road, and you're driving on it. An incredibly important value. You say, well, there's downside to the salt. You know, It rusts my car. But the truth is, Even today in our modern world, salt has a great purpose. In the ancient world, even more important. Because in the ancient world, up to the realization that salt uh, has an amazingly important impact on society and its ability to live and survive, because up to the discovery of what salt added and the value it added, people were virtually only able to harvest and eat the food that they could harvest in a single day. But over time, they realized that that they were able to preserve food by using salt, applying it even to meat, and uh, even our modern-day vegetables have a certain amount of sodium in it. The purpose is not only flavor, we acquire a taste for it, but a big part of it is to preserve the food. And before refrigeration, uh, salt is pretty much all you had. I, I get up in the morning before Kathy does. I'm a, I, I kind of go into a coma about seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock every night. And, uh, but I wake up pretty early. And in the morning, Kathy's the one that has a hard time. In fact, I would not say she wakes up in the morning I would call it more like a miracle of it's the resurrection and it has to happen every day. And so I pour the coffee and uh, we have a little IV hooked up beside her bed and we just kind of pump it in. Some of you are thinking I'm serious. It's not true, but we do have a hard time waking her up. The coffee's my job and and I take the cream out of the refrigerator. I one day just this last week I took some cream out, I set it beside uh, the coffee pot. Uh, I poured Kathy's cream in her coffee. We drank our coffee. That day, this past week, I forgot to put it back in the refrigerator. I came full circle 24 hours later, went to put the cream in her cup, reached for the cream. There it was. Had I forgot I hadn't taken it out of the refrigerator nor had I put it back the day before. And I grabbed it. And when I poured it into her coffee cup, the coffee was already there, and I heard that distinct sound. It was not a pouring sound. It was kaplop. It was cottage cheese going into her coffee. Uh, I did not pass that off. I, I threw it away. But it reminded me, man, it was just a stunning moment. I thought, gosh, I'm preaching this Sunday on on the importance of salt and how it preserves things. And here I am with a great visual lesson of what happens if you don't have refrigeration. Refrigeration was a game changer. It changed everything. Salt is not as big a deal. But in the ancient world, the time in which Jesus spoke the words we're going to read together out loud in just a moment, this verse was a big deal. When Christians were called salt, they were being referred to as a valuable commodity. And so, with all of that background, if you want to read more, grab that book, read it, it'll help you. Let's read this verse together. Would you join me? Let's read it. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So number one, what are we supposed to do to make an impact on this world? We've got to be salty. And, and the context of this passage really spells out our value. In fact, if we don't fulfill our purpose, if we're not salty, we have no value. Thrown out, trampled underfoot. Jesus is telling those of us who are are his followers that we are to bless the world by being a very important element to the civilization and the cultures in which we live in. And so I I made a little acrostic, as I oftentimes do, to help me understand, and hopefully it'll help you understand some of the values of salt. So go ahead and write these down if you, you would. Number one, Salt saves the world from corruption. The spiritual salt of our lives poured into the lives of others, giving them the good news about Jesus. That's exactly what is happening when you tell somebody about Jesus. When they become born again, you've made an impact on this world that is immeasurable. Their life has changed. Love God, love people, change the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ changes hearts and lives. It saves the world from corruption, from going corrupt, from turning into cottage cheese in the cream. And and really, people without salt, there's nothing to preserve them, nothing to change them. The the, the second letter of the cross, A, it it affirms and validates the message. Affirms and validates the message. There's, There's no doubt. There is no doubt when there's no salt. There's no preservative. Uh, and so the salt, if you, you, you eat something that has enough salt on it, you, you recognize immediately you've got to have more salt. How many of you turn things white with your salt habit? Would you kind of wave at me? Anybody live with anybody like that? I got away with that for years, not so much anymore, but I love it. I, I love it, and I, I always knew it affirms, it validated the fact, yep, there's salt there. And, and this message, here's... If we're the salt and God's called us to, to make an impact and, and to save the world from corruption, there needs to be something to back up the words we say with our mouth to affirm it. And salt has a preserving effect on us. And, and listen, we need to be, if you can go back to the 60s with me here for a moment, we need to be smoking what we're selling, <laughs> We need to be telling people about Jesus, but we need to be buying into Jesus. In other words, it doesn't make much sense to go tell somebody that Jesus wants to change you and you're living in a way that gives evidence the fact Jesus doesn't change anything. He didn't change you. And so there's an affirming thing, salt is that you taste it, you go, yeah, that's the real deal. You as a believer are affirmed by the changes that Jesus makes in your life. That's the A, we could talk about that a little bit, but the L, it's very similar to the A, but it it goes a little bit further, it leaves an impact whenever it's, it's, it's used. Because of the preserving effect, there are secondary benefits, secondary impacts on the world. The the preservation in the food allows the shelf life to be longer before the expiration date. And it allows this amazing value. You can pick green beans in the late summer, early fall. You can eat them and enjoy them. Then you can put them in a can, put a little salt in there to help preserve them, pressure cook it. And you can come back in January or February or March and you can have beans that taste incredible. Because it has preserved, uh, it, it leaves an impact, a secondary benefit, which is you get the nutrition. You get the value of the beans. The nutrition is preserved. That's, that's another value. It continues on. And the secondary values of a culture that have been preserved by the salt, where there's a dominant majority Christian culture, okay, and, and I'm going to speak of this in just a moment. But the preserving effect in a dominant Christian culture changes the whole culture to where the mood of the culture is different. There's hope. When there's no salt, there is hopelessness. Does that sound familiar to you today? To the culture and climate in which we live in now? And finally, T, go ahead and write this down. Transforms the temporary make it last. Some of these thoughts overlap, but that's what salt does. It, it, it causes us to see beyond just the moment. You can have fresh green beans today, but there's this lasting value. It, it transforms the temporary, and so it reminds us as believers that, that everything to life that we see is just a part of it. It's actually the, the part of less value, and, and, and most people live their life based on what they can see, touch, taste, and feel. And, and they're banking on it always being there. They're banking on having fun. You know, I enjoy my hobby. I'm going to put my time in it. I'm going to invest my resources in it. It's what I enjoy. I really don't have time to volunteer. I, I, I really can't afford to, to be a giver. I, I really don't have time. My schedule is so full. And, and self-absorbed People who don't live outside of themselves do nothing to change the world around them. They do not transform it. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is is the most transformative message in the history of the world. It takes someone who is without hope and gives them hope. And that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to love him, to love people and change the world. That's, That's really... What the blessing is all about. It's not about just having a good life and dying. You know, you, you can live 70, 80. I think I've told you before, my grandmother lived to be 100 years old. But the end result's always the same. You can't take it with you. You, you don't back up a U haul at the funeral home and, and roll it out to the next life. Uh, everything you touch and taste and see, it's all temporary. That's why Jesus said this, and it's so important for us to to note this right now. And he said, stop storing up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal. Instead, store up treasures for yourself in heaven. Jesus wanted us to understand that everything around us is just temporary. Salt, we're the salt. We need to understand that when you put the salt into something, it goes beyond temporary. It makes it last. So that's the first way to bless the world. And I hope when you walk out of here today that God's put on your heart some ways for you to be salty because that's how we bless the world. Let's look at our next scripture. Excuse me, let's look at our number, number two thought here. Number two. You, you, you bless the world by bringing light into darkness. Darkness. You bless the world by bringing light into darkness. So how, how, how do we bless the world? We, we, we're salty. And we bring salt to the world. We also bring light into a dark, dark world. And that, that now leads us into our next scripture. I want you to see this. This is another verse. I'd like you to read it with me. It's not that long. Uh, But it's our mission encapsulated in this passage here. I've used this verse before, Matthew chapter 5, incredibly important chapter in the New Testament. Would you guys read it with me? Let's do that together. Ready? You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. That, that is our mission. How, do you want, how are we supposed to bless the world? We're supposed to be salty, but we're also to bring light. This is a great word picture, but we bring light into darkness. And, and, and darkness, you know, we, we, very few of us really in the modern world really experience darkness. And you say, I've been in the dark before. Uh, some of you know people. Or even live with people that you say, yeah, they're in the dark most of the time. You kind of leave them alone. But, but the truth is, most of us really don't feel the oppressive nature of, of darkness. We don't know what it feels like. So I'm going to ask everybody, everybody to relax for a moment. Nothing bad is going to happen. Okay? But I want everyone to take a deep breath, and I want you to feel what darkness feels like, okay? Let's, let's just get a little feel of it, darkness. Uh, again, not completely dark. If, if you have your phone and you're using a personal device, would you turn it over now and, and kind of darken that out? We have some ambient light coming from the cry room, a little ambient light from my laptop or my iPad up here and a little ambient light coming off the screen, even though I put a dark slide up there. But darkness, if you've ever been in true darkness, you can feel it. it there's an oppressive feel to it. I've been in caves deep below the earth and people will turn out the light and, and almost as quickly as it happens and you see it and realize it, you feel it. It's oppressive. It's oppressive. And that's, frankly, really, right now, what people in our country are feeling. They're looking for answers. What's going on? Why are, why are kids ending their lives and taking... I mean, this is close to home. This is not Parkland, Florida. This is Northwest High School a few miles down the road. You go south on Manchester Road. We have kids in our student ministries. I have a granddaughter who goes to Northwest. So, some of you have heard the, the, the questions... How, how, could, how could God, if there is a God, how could he let this happen? And I have a simple answer for that. 1963, a very angry person filed a lawsuit. They used their own child. Madeline Murray O'Hare used her own son to bring a lawsuit. And ultimately it made its way to the Supreme Court. And in 1963, because of some judges who did not understand, they had been so secularized. Without any light in their own life, they didn't understand the original intent of the founding fathers. And instead of separation of church and state, instead of Freedom of religion, they interpreted freedom from religion. And they created laws that kicked God out of our schools. What we're feeling right now in our schools, frankly, it's pretty simple it's darkness, there is no light, there's no truth. In fact, truth is ridiculed and mocked. That's the the world we live in right now, a world that has no Jesus, no Jesus, no salt, no Jesus, no light. Here's the good news. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Now, what what does that look like? Just a single light, just one light. What What does that feel like? In this world in which we live in. Just one light can make all the difference in the world. What does it look like? And when people are willing to do what God's called them to do and to let His light shine through them, that one light, that one light can make all the difference in the world. And and people who come and make that light available for others are difference makers. They, they have a chance to bring light into darkness. And, and they are, through their loving God and loving people, they are able to change the world just one person at a time. That's, that's really what, what we've been called to do. Our light bearers are part of our missions team. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But let me ask you to do this. God's called all of us to be light bearers. I want to do something just to kind of help us feel this. There's still darkness here. But I'm going to ask everybody who has a personal device with a light on it. Would you take it and turn that light on now? Would you do that? Would everybody do that all across this auditorium? Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. Nobody with a warped sense of humor. Do not turn the strobe on, okay? Do not do that. But there, there it is, there it is, light, and everything changes, and suddenly there's enough light and we find ourselves no longer oppressed by the darkness, and the whole room now, now becomes brightened, because when there's enough light in the darkness, darkness is defeated, and suddenly the lights come back on. That's your cue up there, lights back on. You can turn out your, your lights. I asked the missions team to hang out down here a little bit with me if they would. You guys don't go anywhere, okay? You look at these people and go, who are these people sitting down here who came out of the crowd? They, they're, they're willing to be a part of something that is really cool. Because as, as uh, when we said God wants us to be the blessing, isn't that what we talked about here for all All month? And, and how do we do that? We are the salt, but we are also the light, and we're supposed to do that locally. Uh, that, that is why just a few weeks ago we wrote the names down on cards of people to pray for so that we could go out and be the church and, and take the light to them. Uh, those, Pastor Jay talked about this here just a couple weeks ago, how we wanted to take those cards and create for us an opportunity Uh, to pray for them you're praying but in the hallway downstairs on the first floor the long hallway between the gym going to abt central toward the old temple auditorium there's a long hallway there and there are framed pictures there actually encased behind glass are the 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 names of people you are praying for how many of you filled out a card a couple weeks ago would you wave at me And, and here's what i want you to do i want you to take a permanent marker when the time comes and God has answered that prayer. And that person has, their life has been changed by the light. I want, I want you to just go to that and write over their name. Just put a little cross, the cross of Jesus covering their name up. And write that. Because I, I don't know about you, but I believe in prayer. And I, I believe if we all pray together and the, and the temple family, those who are part of our church and the temple family, they are also praying for this. They're praying that locally we will will be the light. And so here, both in the states, in our community, but around the world, we've got a plan to to be the light. Our church, and I'm going to tell you some things now very quickly here, is a big part of supporting ministry outside of our church. About 5% of what we give doesn't even stay here in our community. It goes into training students who can then take the light. We have missionaries. We have 15 missionaries in international locations. Uh, Another half a dozen uh, mission ministry investments that are locally. Uh, These are people who, frankly, are investing their life in being the light. Uh, They all are making a difference. They are all investing What God has given them, given them their breath, their life, they know that life is more than just the next good time. They're being the salt and the light in these places around the world. Some of them we can't even talk a whole lot. There's There's a handful of people in here, three of them specifically. We can't tell you anything more than their name. We can't put this on the internet because frankly the countries they are in and where they serve, their lives would be at risk because of the hostile and violent reactions there would be by people in those communities. Radical Islam, for one, violently opposes the light, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But all of these people you're seeing, and you may not have, you may not didn't, don't know this, but you're a part of a church that believes that the mission and the light is both local And also global. And it's simultaneously, not one and then the other, but at the same time. This group down here, the missions team, volunteers to help take the resources that we designate and say we want to give to missions, and they help make sure, provide accountability, that those dollars go where we give them. And by God's grace, that's one of the ways we as a church are the light. Because God has called us to be the light. I'm going to let the the missions team get back to their seats. Would you thank them for their service? Would you do that right now? Their volunteerism. (laughs) These ministries, 21 in in total, are the way that the blessing. We, We invest in them. We send them a monthly check so that they can live in Africa, so they can live in Moldova. So they, they can live in these countries around the world, Lebanon, where there's great hostility toward Christianity, where people are being killed. But God's called us to be the light, and the darker it is, the greater the need for the light. And, and that's what God's called us to do, to take the blessing to people in darkness. So we bless, we, we bless the world by being salty, we bless the world by being the light. Finally, one last thought. Let's wrap it up with this here. Some of you are saying, "Well, Pastor Ed, you're talking about giving." And, and I, you know, I, I can't compromise this. I, I wouldn't, if I could, frankly, because I would be robbing you a blessing of a blessing. But when we become self-absorbed, selfish and want to consume everything God gives us, because this thing of the blessing you remember, God gives us? so we can bless others. And we do this in our time and we do this with our resources. You say, I don't have enough left over at the end of the month. There's more month left over than there are resources. The resources are gone and there's still months to come before my next check. The the truth is priorities and, and letting God help you reorganize. And if you need help with that, we've got people here who can help you with that. I'm not talking times of hardship where you lose your job, but the, the, the normal routine of life, it all comes down to saying, what's important to me? What's my highest value? What matters the most? Is it stuff or is it the eternal? And, and so when we buy into this, it's the eternal. We, we realize God wants to use us to get the light in places we can't go. This is what the early church did. I don't know if you realize this. This is why the gospel went from a handful of fishermen living in northern Galilee to within a few short years where they were described as people who were turning the world upside down. And and today we, we put such little value to that and our stuff is more important. But those of you who are sitting here today who watch that real quick slide overview of some of these missions, Investments, if, if you designate and give to missions, if you're a giver, you are, you're the one that's sending the resources that lets that little village in Botswana, south, just north of South Africa, a little landlocked country, no ocean access, a place where there are villages that still have, I mean, unre- unreached people groups. People who have not heard the name of Jesus. Your resources are helped getting the gospel there to the Philippines. You, you saw the list. It's a strategic investment plan. We've tried to get the, the gospel around the world so that the sun never sets on a, a missionary that we support. You are a part of that. And we've been called to pray for him, to give. But here's number three. Because even if you don't have a penny, you can still be the light. You can still be salty because you bless the world through being a shining example of sacrifice. I don't have to spend any more time on the insight relating to our giving. That is, of course, shining the light. That's great. But even if you don't have a dime, in the same way, you can shine brightly and be a good representative of Christ, Christ, and bring light to the darkness. Let's look at our next verse. This is our third and and last verse. Here we're going to look at together. Matthew chapter 5 from the same chapter. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And, And so when we are the light, and when our good deeds represent Christ, People who don't know Jesus will see them and they'll go, oh man, those people Those people are awesome from that church. That, that's really not what this verse is saying. It, it basically says they will praise the heavenly father. When we who are doing what we do in Jesus' name and representing him well, we don't take the credit ourselves. We point people to Jesus. And, and so here it is. We're supposed to serve in such a way where we don't take credit. We deflect all of the value and credit to Jesus and we give him all the praise. We won't accept anything for ourselves, and we choose not to just call ourselves Christians, but we choose to be the light and be the salt that this world desperately needs. And so that's what this whole series has been about. I'm gonna ask you to do something with me today before we wrap this up. Would you stand together with me? I hope you will not go home today without asking God to speak to your heart and give you one way to be the light. A tangible way. It may go back to the salt of Christ in my life has not changed me enough. I need to change I need to become more like Jesus so I can represent him well. You need to go go all the way back there. You, You may be sitting here today and you've never been born again. Billy Graham preached the gospel, told the good news about Jesus to more people on planet Earth than any other human being who ever lived. And at the age of 99, he closed his eyes and he woke up in heaven. I cannot imagine the tens of hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people who heard about Jesus from... Quite frankly, a simple country boy from North Carolina who is willing to tell people about the light. And God may be calling you to do that, say, "I'll give the rest of my life to telling people about Jesus. But maybe your mission field is going to be where you work, your neighborhood, where you go to school. But where do, wherever it is, let God use you to be the light. There are people there living in darkness. I don't, think any, I don't think I've ever had to convince people less about that than I do right now because we see every day an example of the hopelessness. That's why my talks this next month are going to talk about how to deal with hopelessness. But, but I'm begging you and pleading you today to ask God to speak to your hearts, show you one thing that you can do. And, it, and if you will do that with God's help, you can change the world. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, I thank you that we today are no longer slaves. We no longer are held captive by sin. You have set us free. Help us to now to take the blessing that we have received and wring, wring our lives out just like a sponge and just let the water of the word pour into the hearts and lives of others. Lord, help us to rejoice in what is happening when we see a slide review of missionaries we support. Lord, we give you credit. Everything good that is happening there, Lord. Thank you for letting us have a small part in that. But today, Lord, we desire more than ever before as a church community to be the light, to be the salt in this community. So speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to desire to follow you with all of heart, with everything we are, everything we have. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.